This book reading is by Tech Girl Power, a young woman professionals reading club. Today we are going to read "When Brief Becomes Air" by Paul Kalanthi. Neurosurgery requires a commitment to one's own excellence and commitment to another's identity. The decision to operate at all involves an appraisal of one's own abilities. As well as a deep sense of who the patient is and what she holds dear, certain brain areas are considered near inviolable, like the primary motor cortex, damage to which results in paralysis of affected body parts. But the most sacrosanct region of the cortex are those that control language, usually located on the left side. They are called Reichenke and Broca's areas. One is for understanding language, and the other for producing it. Damage to Broca's area results in an inability to speak or write, though the patient can easily understand language. Damage to the Reichenke's area results in an inability to understand language, though the patient can still speak. The language she produces is a stream of unconnected words, phrases, and images. A grammar without semantics. If both areas damage, the patient becomes isolated, something central to her humanity stolen forever. After someone suffers a head trauma or stroke, the destruction of these areas often restrains the surgeon's impulse to save a life. What kind of life exists without language? When I was a med student, the first patient I met with this sort of problem was a 62-year-old man with a brain tumor. We stroll into his room on morning rounds, and the resident asked him, "Mr. Michaels, how are you feeling today?" Four six one eight nineteen, he replied, somewhat avidly. The tumor had interrupted his speech circuitry, so he could speak only in streams of numbers. But still, he had prosody. He could still emote, smile, scroll, sign. He recited another series of numbers, this time with urgency. There was something he wanted to tell us, but the digits could communicate nothing other than his fear and fury. The team prepared to leave the room, and for some reason, I lingered. Fourteen one two eight, he pleaded with me, holding my hand. Fourteen one two eight. I'm sorry. Fourteen one two eight, he said mournfully, staring into my eyes, and then I left to catch up with the team. He died a few months later. Buried with whatever message he had for the world.